Social anxiety syndrome, better known as imposter syndrome, is a real thing. It comes in many guises and can be relentless in blindsiding people, and you'd be surprised by who it affects. I'm Nick Ede, and in this series, I'm speaking to some of the most successful and talented people in the public eye who suffer from what I call imposter syndrome. And Marilyn Monroe herself had the same problem. She tried to escape this Marilyn Monroe persona, because remember, she wasn't Marilyn Monroe. It was a fake name and a fake persona. That's Susie Kennedy, the world's best-known Marilyn Monroe impersonator. She has been in countless TV shows and films, including The Theory of Everything and most recently Blade Runner 2049 with Ryan Gosling. If anyone has an insight into imposter syndrome, it will be somebody who betrays another person for a living. lockdown how's lockdown life for you um i'm coping really well considering that i've lost all my jobs i mean i had thirty thousand pounds worth of work booked in for 2020 up to the summer and it was all gone this is crazy isn't it and i think it's it's so weird because i think people don't realize the impact on not just obviously mental health and stuff like that but financially for so many people it's just and and obviously you're you're freelance presumably so it's quite hard to get any kind of money back well I'm um I had my own company so I was doing everything through a company so I furloughed myself okay um but obviously furlough pay although I'm so grateful for the government I think they've done as much as they can um I really it's a real drop for outgoings of what we were used to of income you know yeah it's such a shame well, we're here today to talk about imposter syndrome because it's such an interesting subject and I've always been like fascinated by it for many, many years. And I think I find, I, you know, you know what I'm like, I'm fascinated by celebrity as a whole. And I think obviously your likeness to Marilyn is uncanny and it's provided a, a living as we just talked about for you. But is it a blessing or a curse? How, how and how did it start? How did all of this actually start? Well, it's strange because when you asked me to come on here and talk about it, I had to look up imposter syndrome. Okay. I thought it was people who thought they were somebody else, right? <laughs> yeah. And then I realized that in a way, it, it kind of is really um, useful to me to read about because it was things that I'd been suffering with. And mm. also, weirdly, Marilyn Monroe herself would have suffered with. Yeah, okay, that's interesting. Because it's feeling that you're not, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm hard to explain this, but it's feeling like you're not worthy of the attention that you get, that you're not worthy of the praise because you don't feel that it's for you and you're mm -hmm. basically um, this character that um, is not worthy of the praise. You feel like you're an imposter of the person that should be getting the praise. Yeah, and it's like basically going, it's going, it's being an A grade student and being the most really clever and getting it all the time and then getting up on stage and receiving your degree and thinking you're, you shouldn't be up there. Precisely. And it's so weird because um, I try to do things away from Marilyn. And if like, even if I have an acting role, people would be like, mm, well, you look like Marilyn. That's the problem. And it's, even when I did my stand-up comedy, you might have seen it on Britain's Got Talent, I had yeah. to do the Marilyn angle, because they're like, oh no, because you look like Marilyn, that's the whole thing. So, and then you'll have trolls 
on the internet saying, but you're not Marilyn, stop being Marilyn. So you're, you're stuck in between these two crazy things where you like can't escape it and it's also your job. And Marilyn Monroe herself had the same problem. She tried to escape this Marilyn Monroe persona because remember, she wasn't Marilyn Monroe. It was a fake name and a fake persona that was set by the studios. And, you know, I think I'm living this... Um, persona that makes me money well up until coronavirus and that <laughs> makes me money and you feel like when you do something and you're in a movie or you do Britain's Got Talent are they liking you or are they just want to see Marilyn so it, it can I mean I'm quite grounded by it I know I'm not Marilyn Monroe but I also suffer with that feeling that when people turn around and say to me well what have you achieved and I thought well I've achieved quite a lot yeah but I mean besides Marilyn and I feel that even celebrities probably will suffer from that because say if you're a soap star, you know, you're, you're totally thought of as that role. It's so hard to break out of that. No, no, I totally get it because we, we actually had Patsy Palmer on, on here before and she was talking about it. And we've had some other people say, you know, especially as you say, if they're really big characters that everyone's known, they will, they, they, they actually have to work out how they are a real person rather than the character that they play. But also like, you know, obviously we've worked together and, you know, people have said to me, I want Marilyn. And you're like, okay, but her actual name is Susie Kennedy. And you're, you're employing Susie Kennedy, who's a brilliant comedian and performer. And she just happens to do this brilliant Marilyn. Uh, I, I can't even say it's an impression because what do you call it? How, how did you, like, how did you start it? Cause it's so interesting. How did this all come about? Well, this is the strange thing, because it's funny you say that, because people do. I mean, somebody called my mum once and said, can I speak to Marilyn? And my <laughs> mum put me on because she said, oh, I thought it was with your friends. I was like, mum, don't let people call the house and just say Marilyn. They should know Marilyn. Marilyn. <laughs> she's so used to people just saying, oh, you know, Marilyn. And I don't actually get upset by it because I know people mean it in, I mean, the clients that we have, mutual clients that we have that yeah. buy me with you. I know they mean that with such love and respect because they say cool. like, it's just like Marilyn's in the room, which means I'm doing a really good job, you know? So yeah. I'm just an actress that plays one role. But so I don't take it too seriously. Like, oh, I'm so upset that I, I've got this Marilyn thing because it's given me a great living and it's like being a soap star and you get a great part and you're, You've got that job for life if you want, you know. So I'm, I'm not begrudging of it. But I do think that if you're not grounded or you haven't got outside things to ground you, it can become like a, like you're trapped because yeah. who, who are you? Like, like I say, people keep saying, you know, what do you do? I mean, I was at a party once and I won't say the person's name because they're quite well known. Mm -hmm. But they turned to me and said, so what do you do? And I said, um, well, I just like play Marilyn. Yeah, but what, what do you do? And I said, well, I, you know, I do happy birthdays. I've done commercials and films. I've done portrayals of her. So I just really act one role. Mm. But don't you want to do something? So completely kind of trashed what I'd achieved. So yeah. something like that could really make you feel that wow my life is quite pointless I've only lived my life as Marilyn Monroe but I I kind of realized that that's not true and I just play one role particularly well and if I was in Hollywood and had played that role I probably of the amount of years I've played it and how long I've been successful I deserve a, an Oscar <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> and you also deserve your own star on the Hollywood walk of fame that doesn't say Marilyn but says Susie Kennedy on it I'm sure oh, you, but yeah. what, what about um like 
obviously there are more than one Marilyn Monroe impersonator. Mm -hmm. So how has it been around those guys? Because obviously, is there some kind of competition as to who's number one, who's the best? And how does how how do you sort of navigate that? Mm. It's interesting you say that because I've obviously when I think when people first come into this business, they know who I am. And there's always a, a, a rivalry because they think, you know, oh, it's like this. Because you, you will keep hearing my name. I've been here a long time. But I think after a yeah. while, they realize that, you know, I'm not the world's best Marilyn Monroe. I'm just the most booked or the most known because I've been doing this a long time and I've been doing really well. The best Marilyn Monroe is Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> and anybody that comes along to do an impression of her brings their own their own style to it or their own look because none of us girls look exactly alike and none of us look exactly like Marilyn Monroe. So I think that I just do, I never tend to look at what other girls are doing. I tend to just look at what I'm doing and how I can make my, myself better, how I can do a, a, my version of Marilyn because it will never be exactly like, mm -hmm. I mean, I'll give you an example. I play a, an image of Marilyn Monroe, which is usually probably more like Lorelei Lee the character that she played because I think this is why we're talking about imposter syndrome Marilyn felt so trapped is because the roles she played and what she's known for she actually wasn't so if you see the happy birthday portrayal for example that breathy you know naked dress we know she wasn't like that 24 7 we know under all of that there was this poet there was this girl that really didn't think she was a great actress or a great comedian but she knew how to turn on this image and that's kind of what I do on a job so yeah I'm not really Susie's not really there and I guess the real Marilyn's not really there you're hiring this image that both I create and Marilyn Monroe created yeah, it's so interesting to see that. I think, and I think it's interesting. So I was actually, I went to, I was in Hollywood before the coronavirus kicked in, and my friend and I went to Marilyn's grave, and we also went to, you know, read all the, you know, about her life, and her life is such a terrible, tragic, you know, life, and and uh, you know, from a young age, she really had a pretty hard time, and it's, it's interesting to see whether you did research into her and whether you still research her or, or do, you, do you take from the movies? How have, because when you look at her and you actually really get into her, you see what a, a fragile human being she was. Mm. It's interesting because I do both of those things. I, um, for my jobs, I have to kind of portray a caricature of like she did herself of what the public want to see. If I turned up at your gig, Nick, and was like, I'm gonna stand in this corner and not talk to anyone and be really insecure and read poetry books, you're probably gonna fire me. But that's what the real Marilyn would do, yeah. <laughs> right? And, but, the, but Marilyn wouldn't, wouldn't turn up at a party and do that. If you see Marilyn Monroe at parties, she's got that beaming smile. She's making everybody usually laugh around her and she's the light in the room. She's portraying what the public want to see. So when she went home, and that's why a lot of her marriages, they couldn't cope because they thought they were going to bed with Marilyn Monroe. They wasn't yeah. they were going to bed with Norma Jean, this girl that had suffered as a child, had low self-esteem in her belief in herself as an actress. But when she could turn on Marilyn and go to those parties and those studio parties, those pictures of her in public do not reflect the girl in private because Marilyn Monroe is a creation. And I think that's the creation that trapped her. And it's the creation in a way of me portraying her that traps me from being able to do anything else. But like I say, I don't want to have a pity party because I've made a great living out of it and I don't have to be Marilyn Monroe. She had to be.
that was who she was you know that that but it is it is interesting though because okay you've just uh done britain's got talent and you probably i don't know but you can tell us but you probably had a, a moment where you were like i could go on as susie kennedy full stop or i go on as susie kennedy the marilyn monroe impersonator how what did you want did you want to go on as you or what who did you want to go on as well, you know how these these shows work. They approached me after seeing um, me doing stand-up comedy at the comedy store, and they offered me to come on this show. Now, <clears throat> they knew how they wanted to portray it, and I was totally in agreement with that. There was no, you know, if you don't do this, you can't get on. They were just like, we advise you do it this way. It will make great TV. You know, yeah. you're in events. I know what yeah. works. And to me, it did make a great bit of, it was great editing. They made me look great. I've got no point. Britain's got talent. But... At the end of the day, I have to accept that I am famous, in a way, I use that term like loosely, for being Susie Kennedy, the Marilyn Monroe girl, right? That's why I'm on your show and that's what I've made my career out of. So in a way, I have to capitalise on, there's no point chucking it in the bin and going, well, I don't want to be any part of this anymore. I want to find myself because, you know, that's given me a good living. But... It's the same as soap star that says, please don't mention me as doing this soap because I don't want to be known as that. Well, unfortunately, you will be because you were really good at it and people love the yeah. character, right? So I look at it like that now and I have to, I've kind of embraced it. So now, like I've just started my own podcast, I'm doing stand-up comedy, using my Marilyn image to talk about how crazy it is looking like Marilyn Monroe. So I think you have choices if you don't want to go under mentally to make in that you can't always run away from what people perceive you to be of course you'll drive so yourself that, crazy yeah otherwise you're gonna yeah you're gonna drive yourself going crazy and you have to go right this is my job and it's my living and so how about personal stuff I know but what about dating did it has it always been has that been an issue because people have gone oh well God, they've looked at your Marilyn Monroe persona and not seen Susie Kennedy or has it always been right Susie Kennedy first well, this is the crazy thing. I mean, my dating has been awful, as you might know. But um, um, because it's a mixture of both, and I relate to when Marilyn Monroe said that, is that men see Marilyn, then they go to bed and wake up with Norma Jean. So, or it could just be that I'm terrible in bed. But anyway, that's not <laughs> <laughs> Susie, it wasn't anything to do with Marilyn. It was just you. <laughs> just but um, I, I think, you know, I, I work in a job. I've had a lot of jealousy from partners where... Mm. Obviously, I'll go to a job. You've been there. You've seen it. Well, I have to make a man feel that he's the only man in the room. And I'm singing happy birthday like I really mean it. And I've had some boyfriends say to me, oh, you're a bit friendly to him. Well, what do you expect me to be? He's just paid me to sing him happy birthday. You know, everything I do is just an act. But some men find that hard to deal with. It's like, well, you're my woman now and I'll take care of you. You don't need to do these jobs. Well, I want to do these jobs. This is what I do. I'm an actress. You know, you wouldn't turn around and say someone say, don't kiss that guy on screen or I'm divorcing you. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You're an actress. So it's been very, very hard for jealousy reasons. I'm away a lot up until coronavirus. <laughs> I, I'm on the road. Um, it is playing a sex symbol. It is a lot of social media being friendly to people of the opposite sex. Um, you know that networking and so yeah. I think in relationships it's very very hard to prove to someone in the early stages of relationship that you're totally in love with them and these men don't count unless they're convinced that you that they're you know that they're securing their manliness and have no jealousy I don't think relationships would survive with me yeah 
because it's that's a long way of saying that wasn't it sorry about no, that no it's good it's good but it, what, what is so interesting is that it's it, like we're talking about this constantly with you especially it's like a, it's a double whammy because it's the jealousy of Susie Kennedy probably just going off around the world but then it's the jealousy of a Marilyn Monroe figure that you've portrayed and created that is being potentially objectified by a lot of people you know I've been with you in a room and and I know I've you know I sat around a pool with you and we've had great chats and got lots of gossip and it's a totally different character then suddenly you're at the event and it's like you know you you as you just said about Marilyn you light up the room and every single human being that you talk to you are giving them the your pure attention so any man that's in a relationship with you they must kind of feel it doubly it must be crazy mm, exactly because you've got a I'm not saying that I'm so beautiful but obviously I play a beautiful woman so I can't be too bad so you've got one your girlfriend who you love as Susie and then you've got her playing this overtly sexual because Marilyn Monroe character persona is a sexual character and um you know men do say some comments to me that if they said them to me as Susie I would probably want to smack them in the face yes. but because you're playing Marilyn Monroe you have to and I, and I know she felt this I know the real woman felt this but sometimes I just think you know what you say to me is a reflection on you it's not a reflection on me so yeah. it really is guys are drunk they say stupid things I, I, a lot of feminists would probably disagree with me on that and say I should say something but to me it's just like whew, yeah, I think you're right. It's 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 you know I've been in those situations and, I, and I've seen that's those sort of side of people and they're they're not doing it in any way only just because they actually they kind of it, you are Marilyn Monroe to them so it's kind of exciting in 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 every way. But then okay, so Marilyn Monroe, who, what character, what uh, character do you, of Marilyn Monroe's films? What's your favourite Marilyn Monroe film and why? Well, this is the people have asked me this question before. And it's such a hard question to answer because there's so many different sides of her personality that I like. And I think a lot of her films reflect all those different sides. So my favorite personality of Marilyn is Amanda in Let's Make Love, because it's the one I relate to most. And I think that she was liked the most in the fact that she never cared about money. She fell in love with this guy who was a billionaire and she never knew he was a billionaire. Cause she said, you know, I'll get a job, I'll take care of us. Like she did with Arthur Miller. Yeah trying to be a great actress, which the real Marilyn Monroe is trying to do. And then I also like the misfits at the end that Arthur Miller wrote for her because you see her vulnerability when she plays Rosalind and her, her desperate need to break out of this blonde bombshell. I mean, there's a scene actually in the misfits that's really, people may not have noticed that he says, what are you running away from? And he opens up the locker and in the locker is a pictures of Marilyn Monroe at the height of her fame in the fifties. And yeah. she slams the locker and she's like, I can't tell you. And you knew that she was running away from that Hollywood persona that she knew she couldn't do when she's 36 years old. Yeah. And then the end of her life, she was playing a mother of two. And I loved seeing her like that. I loved seeing her cuddle those children and hug them, you know, because she never could have children. Yeah. And I love Lorelai Lee because I just think she's hilarious in Jump with Her Blondes. And that's the persona that people at parties want to see, the quick-witted, you know, blonde bombshell. So... There's so much to her that I think that's why she's such a legend is because all the things that she probably didn't value in herself that she thought people thought was stupid, people actually loved. You yeah, know, definitely. Like, and I think, I think also, as we know, her films stand the test of time. Like I, I like Bus Stop, to be honest, is one of my <laughs> favourites because I just love the kind of like innocence in her in that. And 
I remember seeing it on, I remember my parents basically left me one new year, they went off partying and I was flicking, <laughs> flicking through the TV and I watched Bus Stop and I, that was when I fell in love with Marilyn Monroe and I knew nothing about her. And I think what's great about her is that she is this character that everybody thinks they know. And what's interesting about you is that you actually really know the truth about her and you, you see, as you just said, her vulnerability and the films weren't just, you know, this, this dumb blonde, they really were quite, you know, quite very intelligent. Well, she was intelligent. I mean, you couldn't not be intelligent if you were going out or married to Arthur Miller, could you? I always say that. I would say if you ever think Marilyn Monroe is a dumb blonde, she wouldn't have had Arthur Miller fall madly in love with her because he was, and the way he talks about her, if you ever look up some interviews of him just talking about her, it's so romantic. He really understood her. But you say about bus stop. I mean, I just was in Los Angeles, um, playing a character called Cherie. It was named after the bus stop character. And, um, I was a, a prostitute that dreamed of... You were in jail, weren't you? Was it like, what was it right. called? Um, women Behind Bars. And it was with the, a lot of the girls from RuPaul's Drag Race. A okay. lot of the winners from that. And uh, it was oh, it was just amazing. And it was at the Montalban in, in Los Angeles. We literally just ended just before coronavirus hit. So we got in there quick. But that character was based on Cherie from Bus Stop. And, uh-huh. you know, that dreamer that travels to LA, Hollywood, dreaming that she's going to be a superstar. Yeah. And that's what Marilyn Monroe dreamed. Her dream was to be famous and to be loved and be a great actress. And do you know what? I really think she achieved that. Even mm. though she thinks that she said, and we're talking about imposter syndrome, she said, I wish people at the orphanage could see my name in lights, but it said Norma Jean, because they'll know it was me. Instead, yeah. it's Marilyn, and that's they won't know it's me. So I think even then she was disappointed that it it felt like it was happening to somebody else. Yeah. And it's a shame because you, you can, you, you see that pain in her and you see that you'll all, like, I, I, I find old Hollywood so tragic and sad and the systems and, you know, and, and it must've been a crazy time. I mean, it's, listen, it's still pretty crazy, but in those days it was a very different kettle of fish and she was such a superstar. So to see what happened to her was sad. And obviously with, um, with the Kennedys, who knows what really was the truth. I'm sure you probably know. And how weird is it that you've got Kennedy in your actual surname? I know. The weirdest thing is my middle name is Ellen as well. And that was the character that Marilyn Monroe was playing in Something's Got to Give, the film that she never completed because she died. It's so <laughs> it's a, I love these crazy coincidences, but that's exactly, I like to think that they are coincidences, but I, I, I've had a great life and I try and do Marilyn a service and not a disservice with what I do and I've I've had people come up to me at the end of events and gone do you know what I never really liked Marilyn Monroe now I love her because in a way I've portrayed this image of her that they're going to go home and love her now and buy her movies so we try and you know this one's given me a great living yeah and and I've met amazing people yourself included so yes I've done it through her but it was also Susie going into those rooms. It was Susie having to sing those songs and Susie having to do the chats. So like Marilyn, I've kind of embraced the fact that yes, it's not your name, like it wasn't her name, but it was still you achieving that. What do you, um, okay, tell me what, what was it like your craziest booking where you've kind of gone, oh my God, this is the weirdest situation. I'm just going to play Marilyn and just get out of here. What's your like craziest one? Oh my 
god that's so i think it was um that there could be i, I wish i'd noticed on this because there's probably is a few but i think one of them was halloween at madame two swords when i had to be dead marilyn <laughs> I, I wasn't actually sure whether i should do it so I, I did this tutorial about makeup then when i turned up it was so fun because it wasn't disrespectful i mean madame two swords are a great company and it yeah. wasn't disrespectful it was just a fun thing of like dead elvis dead, oh, dead marilyn so um yeah, I guess that was kind of weird because usually I'd not done something like that. But um, most of the jobs I've done have been really, um, even if they had been a bit like, oh, I don't know what this is going to be like, it's turning it around the way you want it to be. And I think after 20 years of playing Marilyn, that's a skill that I've kind of acquired now. That I, can, yeah. I can sniff out a, a bad egg so I can be like, mm, not going to do that job. So I tend to... Yeah, you kind of, you kind of get it. And what about like, okay, so if you're doing a TV commercial or whether it's a, a movie or something, I'm sure it's probably quite interesting that you can't, you can't really be directed to, because you know more about Marilyn than they do. So how does that manifest itself? This is a real issue, actually, because I just, one of the jobs I did um, is playing Marilyn Monroe in How She Died. A lot of the TV stuff I get is usually let's make a program about how Marilyn Monroe died. And one I did recently was autopsy. And it was frustrating in the fact that they were saying, you know, we know that Marilyn Monroe didn't do this, but if we don't put this whole Kennedy scenario in, we won't get the budget because people want to know about the Kennedys. So yeah. even things that I go, you know, that's not quite right. They'll say, I know, but what do I do, Nick? Do I then not work? No, no, of course. Exactly. But it's a real issue with me because I feel like saying, oh, but you know what? This, this bit's not true. But at the end of the day, I have to sometimes, and I know that Marilyn Monroe suffered with stuff, same frustration when she didn't want to do certain roles or be portrayed a certain way. Um, but unfortunately, part of the reason Marilyn Monroe is so famous is this mystery surrounding her death and the Kennedys are so linked into it mm. that it's hard now to turn up on set and go, by the way, that bit's wrong yeah. <laughs> and when I do say that in fairness they do listen but they say you know we're being paid to make this don't shoot the messenger and that's the problem and as you say you're doing a job so you have to just do that job as, as by the book yeah and as long as it wasn't something that I felt was completely too far from the truth I would then say well I'm not doing this because I did one and they wanted me to lie on this slab completely naked and I just said you know what I'm not doing it and they said oh well then you can't have the part and I said well then I don't have the part and in the end, they got a body double, which wasn't very good because all my friends were like, aren't you glad that that girl they got had a completely different face to you? Because <laughs> it's so obvious it's not you. And I, was like, I love it. <laughs> That's so funny. And so listen, with regards to the accent and the voice, how did you, how long did it take you to get it like down, pat down? Was it years or was it very easy for you to do? Um, it's weird because I just watched a lot of, a lot of her stuff. Um, but when I first went, I mean, my whole job happened by an accident. I was uh, sent to an audition. Somebody saw me at college, so I looked like Marilyn Monroe. And to cut a really long story short, I was sent to one of the first gigs was a casting for After Eight Mints. <laughs> and I got it. But in the casting, they said, right, do a Marilyn Monroe voice. And I think I'd only ever seen Gentleman for Blondes. So I just did this voice and they were like, perfect. And since then I've done voiceovers. Like they just did auction of a lifetime and I had to read Marilyn Monroe's letters. And they called me and said, can you voice over it? And when it came up, I was like, they edited my voice because it sounded so good. And I spoke to a woman, I was like, did you do something to my voice? And she's like, no. <laughs> I was like, oh, that sounds... So I think after a while you learn 
that you learn the way she speaks and there's certain things that she says and um and she's not actually that breathy that's kind of a a uh if you listen to her real voice talking she's not really overtly breathy so again that was something that she put on as a persona yeah and i've done stage shows where they've gone can you like breathy it up a bit <laughs> so i've ended up sounding like less like marilyn and more like this betty boop sugar cane some like it hot so again like the some like it hot character was like marilyn monroe on heat she yeah. heated up you know so there's there's so many different marilyn's no wonder the poor girl went crazy it's it depends which one you want to have do you know what i mean so exactly but how, and how do you like you're just talking about going crazy how do you ground yourself and what's what's kind of like what kind of keeps you yeah what keeps you grounded I, I've got to be honest, it's my faith. Like my, two years ago, I really found my faith and it keeps you grounded. It stops you having ego. It stops you having, you know, th that your value is placed on what other people think of you. That's mm -hmm. gone from me now because that was such a, um, a big thing in my life. I took to heart what people thought of me. Mm -hmm. And now I realize that you can't stop people thinking of you a certain way by some people you could be the nicest person in the world and someone will still have a problem with you or yeah. you, you know you can um anything even if you do good things people will think well they only did that because of this so mm -hmm. i've now realized that the way to ground yourself is to to give up your ego give up trying to please everyone because it's a completely impossible task and just do your best and that if i ground myself with that it stops me going completely mad <laughs> no, no. I listen i think that's brilliant advice i totally agree with you you've just got to just be yourself and just do what you can do you can't like yeah i i, I mean i'm exactly the same i spent so many years like listening to everything everyone said and then you analyze it and you'll never come out you'll never be happy it's better no. to be happy to like forget the ego and just live your life yeah and also i mean marilyn monroe really suffered because she listened to other people's opinions on her right at the end you know you're not a very good actress you need me like all the acting coaches there's a lot of people that will make themselves useful in your life to be quite useless in your life yeah and i just i tend to i don't have problems now with cutting people out that make me feel terrible and that's not me, me saying i only want people around me that think i'm wonderful i just want people around me that tell me the truth without yeah trying to make you feel bad that say Susie you shouldn't do that because it's a bit rubbish right but they mean that from a good place and you can tell those people and I think getting older Marilyn Monroe is only 36 I'm 43 now mm -hmm. and I'm a totally different person than I was when I was 36 I've learned so much and I think I used to think Marilyn Monroe was old when I was young and now I look <laughs> back and I realize how young she was when yeah. all this was happening to her so I think if she had lived she would have looked back and and think god why did i surround myself with these people that made me feel so terrible you know exactly but then okay so obviously you don't look your age but how do you how do you see the future of you and the future of your marilyn monroe character as you get older will you still carry it on or will you look at doing something else how do you how, where does that take you well this is again what we're saying about imposter because i have this problem so i've been trying to do other other things and people go oh but you look like marilyn so yeah that's a good thing because it means my job can last longer so um i don't know and that's why i don't try to look too too far i'll just carry on doing my comedy i'm doing lots of writing I'm doing my own podcast like i say about these issues that affect women um through what i've done as a job and through marilyn monroe a lot of issues come up that yeah. i think people are interested in and I don't know where 
the world will take me. I mean, we don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow, the way the world is at the moment. So I'm just living every moment. As when I was so with entertainment, when the phone stops ringing, you retire anyway. Yeah. So there's not like on 2022, I'll retire. It'll be I'll retire when the phone stops ringing. The phone stopped ringing right now because of coronavirus, right? So but don't worry, they'll be ringing very soon. <laughs> <laughs> and as long as you look after your body and look after your mind, you stay looking quite young. And um, at the moment, it's not really showing that much. So. <laughs> see how long i can get going how long are you going to hire me for nick and then once, yeah, once nick years, years, you don't worry, forever <laughs> until people start having birthdays exactly. <laughs> and then i always ask this question because everybody i've asked they've got great answers and some people have said they want to be marilyn monroe it's different for you but i've said to them if they could be somebody else for a day who would it be so if you could be someone that's in the public eye or maybe not in the public eye who would that person be do you know, it's going to sound really arrogant, but I'm just so happy to be me because I feel like I finally found me and it took so long to get here. It's such a great feeling to not have that anxiety anymore, not to have that insecurity anymore, not to have that desire to be somebody else. I used to always look and be like, I bet they have a better life than me. I, I wish I was them. Yeah. And now I just sit here and think, oh, I'm so glad to be this age because I was I suffered with I had quite ill health yeah. and I've just been so glad to be here surrounded by people I love who are really great in my life so I don't mean to sound arrogant but I'm really glad to be me the 43 year old me right now but that's a, that's that is the most empowering thing that you could say because you know it's called social anxiety syndrome and that's what imposter syndrome is and it's you know as you just said it's about anxiety it's about being situations which you don't feel that you should be and then to hear you say actually i know i'm 43 i'm happy in my own skin i know exactly who i am and i know exactly who i portray that is the most powerful thing you could say oh bless you that's that's what i feel but i love it you see, <laughs> I, I mean i no no i think i find it so interesting because you know, I'm I'm one of those people. I'm you know I I go on the fence sometimes because I'm like I want more, I want more, and then I sh I, I think actually being in lockdown has taught me so much about myself and my abilities, and I think it I think it's probably been quite good for a lot of people actually. Don't you think? I do. I think that everybody that's bless them if they're really suffering because I, I I can't imagine. Well, I can't imagine what suffering feels like. I have suffered in my life, but. Mm -hmm. Um, I personally have flourished in lockdown because it scared me having no work. It scares me not knowing when we'll be back to work. But it's also been nice to just take out all the things that I didn't need and yeah. focus on. You find out who your real friends are. And I don't mean the ones that call you every day. I'm, I'm talking about just you find out. I agree with you. Like clearing out the, the rubbish that makes sense, you know, it's like my, mental cleaning. So um, yeah, I think that's interesting. And I think also it's also as it's, it's also it's actually in a weird way, physical cleaning as well, because you suddenly look around your, your surroundings and go, well, I don't need all this. I need three things and I'm very happy. My husband and my dog, that's that's what I need in my life. And maybe Netflix. But apart from that, but it's so true, isn't it? I was it's, you've been grateful for things like a roof over your head. Yeah. food. Like when we were queuing, when everyone was queuing up for food and going crazy for toilet roll, I mean, it, it, we really saw the important things. We saw the important things of our shop workers. We were so grateful that the shops were back open. They were stacking the shelves. You know, all the little things that you um, you really didn't see before. And like you say, you value your husband. You value just time with your dog. And it, it, these are things in a busy life. Because it was getting to the point where 
I really felt that life was going so fast and I couldn't keep up with it. And it's like, yeah. it's like literally the world just stopped and we could get off the hamster wheel for five minutes. And yeah, yeah I certainly have no money, but you know, I've realized there's, if you can pay your bills, there's more important things than money. Yeah, hundred percent. And, and actually it, when you are creative like you and, you know, hopefully a bit me, you know, you come up with other things which actually aren't just about money. They're just about really fulfilling your, your brain and, and making you happy. And even like doing this, this podcast for me, you know, I, I started it because I was actually genuinely interested in something and I've been so busy. I would never have the time to do this. And now I'm like, this really fulfills me and it's great. And, and it, you're doing it for you rather than for anyone else. I, I totally agree. Like I, I started my one on Marilyn's birthday for this reason you're talking about is everybody's had questions for me about what about this? What about that? So you, you put it out there and there's a lot of things like my writing I wasn't doing. And so I think for creatives, this can be a time to thrive. I think if I've seen a lot of influencers disappear off the yeah, internet, yeah. because if there's, if you haven't got anything to offer except selling me a face cream, this yeah. really isn't your time. But if you've got art and poetry and something to say like you have and, and experiences to share, that's what people are looking for right now. Well, yeah. Well, thank God I've got a, a face for podcasts then. So I don't, <laughs> need, <laughs> don't even selling anything. Listen, Susie, it's been, I could talk to you forever. It's so interesting. And I think, you know, you are the epitome of uh, imposter syndrome. And it's a really interesting to hear about the kind of like the, the a quadruple life that you've led with Marilyn Monroe vicariously in, in you uh, and around you for, for very many years. And I hopefully will get to see you physically very soon. We have okay. to go out for a drink, uh, at least one. And um, thank you so much for being on Imposter Syndrome. My pleasure, Nick. Well, that's our show for today. I hope you liked it and found it both entertaining and enlightening. If you did, please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. And while you're there, give us a five-star review just to make us feel we deserve it. Follow us on at PodPeopleUK, at Nick Eid, and at Susie Kennedy. Imposter Syndrome was presented by me, Nick Eid, and produced by Mike Hansen for Pod People Productions. Theme music by Mike as well. See you next time. Mm-hmm.